live from the Cozy Cone Motel in Radiator Springs. And brought to you by Rusty's Medicated Bumper Ointment with new rear-end formula. Nothing sues a rusty bumper like Rusty's. I'm Delmon. And I'm Malicious. And this is EQ2Talk. This is episode number 63, and we're recording on April 27th, 2013. And Allie, why don't we still have theme music? Well, I was getting my kicks on Route 66. Well, I hope you were able to get off on those kicks, but we don't have time to talk about that today. We have a very special guest star with us. It's guest star day here on EQ2 Talk. We have Kyle Kandervalee. Lead designer for EverQuest 2. Hi, Kyle. Hello. want well, to certainly thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedule here on a gorgeous Saturday afternoon to talk about uh, the upcoming Game Update 66, Scars of Awakening. But just so folks are familiar with you, um, where does your handle candor come from? Actually, it's, um, it's kind of a long story. Um, I've been here at SOE 12 years, and uh, I used to actually... You know, a lot of us started out as GMs. We came here to the company to be GMs um, with the hopes that we could someday break into game design or, or, you know, something in the game industry. We're all gamers. And uh, I've had three, four different handles here at SOE. Um, my first two will remain anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds mysterious. Or like you said something maybe you don't want to own up to. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there was some... There were some days back then, but uh, it's actually it, it was like a combination of Iskander and uh, and just trying to come up with a name that you could get that someone didn't have. And because it's kind of funny when you first start here as a GM, they're like, hey, pick a name and make sure no one has it. So you have to run logs and make sure that there's no other GM that has it, no players that have it, you know, because you can't go and steal some player's name, you know, so. Um, and then also we're we're encouraged not to pick stuff that's you know pop culture or you know weird stuff like that. And uh, I'm a big history buff, a big history fanatic, and so um you know I think along the lines of uh well you know I was thinking of uh, I knew that Alexander the Great was called Iskander by some you know, but unfortunately that name was taken, so it ended up shortening. And then when I looked at it, I changed a couple letters around and. That's where candor came from. It's a lot more complicated than you thought, mm-hmm. huh? It sounds like there was a lot of involvement, a lot of process, a lot of thinking into this. And I, yeah. just, I just saw something on a billboard, so yeah, I'll take that. 
Yeah, no, no. It's we tried to we tried to put thought into this stuff, you know. Believe it or not. <laughs> Unlike me, who looked up and said Del Monitor. Oh, I'll just be Del Mon. Oh, nice. So yeah, not, not very creative for me there. Actually, Del, aren't all your characters named after things you see on your desk? That is true. They're all they're all uh, uh, anagrams of things that are on my desk. A little bit. <laughs> it's a theme. Nice. So, well, can you tell us some about uh, your role at SOE? My role? Well, um, I can't even remember how long I've been on this team. It feels like a long time. Uh, but currently I'm lead designer, so I'm basically in charge of the design team. You know, um, it's, it's kind of hard to explain because we have so many roles here. I mean, I, I interact with art. I interact with sound. Um, interact with the composers that do music. I, you know, I'm basically a supervisor to all the other designers. Um, I interact a lot both ways. So, you know, um, from the designer side, this direction and from my direction up. So, um, I'm kind of the, I just a cog in the wheel, I guess. (laughs) So you're mostly responsible for then the, the content side of the game. No, actually, I'm. I mean, I'm involved in pretty much all of the creative aspects. So I guess that's a better way to say it. Okay. Is, you know, I'm. I have most. We also have a creative director, uh, Keel Hooper, who's like my mentor and a guy that I've, you know, worked with for a very long time. So, but he's he's the creative director of EQ and EQ two. So he's doing both. Um, so I'm I'm kind of. Um, I guess the best way to describe it is I'm in charge of most aspects creative. So I deal with everything from zone design to music design to, you know, working with sound people. Um, yeah, pretty much everything. I mean, we kind of all are, you know, one big team. So, I mean, not kind of, we are. <laughs> <laughs> So let me ask you, what would be something that the players would recognize as your handiwork in the game? Uh, oh my god! You, know, I've, you know, it's funny because I did I did an audit, and uh, I've put over a hundred zones into EQ two. So, is just it, is there one that my, sticks out? Just myself, uh, Vasty Deep, all the Vasty Deep zones. Um, pick an expansion. Um, <laughs> all I did. The Gook zones for TSO. I did. I've done a lot of stuff. I mean, oh, so you were responsible for Guck? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and all those frogs that killed me and over and over all the ugh. yeah, yeah, just like the Gook of old. Well, that's true. Uh, it was very consistent with what it was like in EQ one in terms of a uh, at least my death rate in there. Yeah, there you go. But um, yeah, uh, vasty deep stuff. I did um, the airship. I did Drunder. I did um, good lord the Wormbone zones this time around. Uh, and my my uh, interaction with doing zones are is becoming less and less because I'm dealing more and more with you know the supervisory aspects of things. So yeah, I've I've done a lot of zones like. It's actually kind of crazy. Mm. Jar is South there... Wastes. Oh. Uh, if you remember Jar South Wastes. Oh, sure. Uh, let me ask you, do you enjoy doing the, the dungeons or the overlands a little bit more? 
I prefer doing dungeons. I actually prefer most six-man content. I like to try to do stuff that's, you know, more available to more people. Um, I enjoy doing raids. I enjoy doing X2 content. Um, I had a lot of fun with the advanced solo stuff that we're doing now and that we'll keep doing. Um, Thinking in aspects of one or two players is kind of interesting. Uh, We have some... We have some crazy stuff coming in cobalt scar uh with the aspect of two players that i can't give too much away um but yeah so i mean we're you know we're we're doing raids differently now so i'm very involved with raids uh from every step of the way so I enjoy it all, but I like doing six-man content probably the best. Like if someone said, hey, pick something you're going to do in this expansion because you only get to do one zone this time because you're too busy, uh, I would pick a six-man zone. So, you know, I like doing group content. Is there a particular class race combo that you identify with? What's your main, I guess, is the question. Uh, I play a brigand. <laughs> I've played a brigand in EQ2 since the dawn of time. Uh, I've been in lots of raid guilds. Um, the race combo class might give it away. So, mm. <laughs> Well, I think if folks maybe run Outer Deep, they might recognize you somewhere along the way. Outer Deep? Outer Deep. I'm sorry, Outer Vault. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I merged like three zones there to come <laughs> up with that one. I don't, outer Vaults, I'm sorry. Oh, you're talking about the whole... Yes. Yeah. Which I meant to say whole somehow translated that into deep and then merged that into the zone name. I don't know what I was thinking. Well, there's a lot of zones. It's, you know. Absolutely. You uh, probably remember the names of more of them than I do. <laughs> uh, if there was one thing that you could say wave a magic wand and change about EQ2, uh, what would that be? Wow. That's a dangerous question. And that's why um, we like it. Um, if I could go back and change anything, I probably would have never done stat consolidation. Okay. I liked, um, and I, I wasn't involved with it at that, at that point. Um, I was not in the, the leadership at that point when we did that. But if I could go back and change one thing about our game, it would be the stat consolidation. I liked the fact that, I mean, there's a lot of different schools of thought, right? Um, when we had, you know, when we had some people here that, you know, were like, well, we should try to cater more to, you know, new players and new players coming in, um, and make things less confusing. But I don't know. I think that that was one of the real meat, meat and bones of our game was that, you know, you got different things from different stats and there were reasons to chase, you know, other stats. I like the fact that my poison damage went up when I got stuff with intelligence on it and I would, you know, try to get extra stuff that had intelligence on it. And sometimes, you know, you had to make these decisions, you know, do I want to lose a ton of health to get a ton of damage? And do I want to, I felt like, um, things were just a little bit more exciting and a little, you had a lot more choice as far as, um, what you were doing, you know, itemization wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, those trade-offs and that that I think you know when that when that consolidation happened the, the trade-offs kind of went away like you talked about you know do I want to sacrifice this for that right and we're actually we're actually trying to 
put together a plan to head back in a little bit of that direction. Um, you know, as in we're thinking about doing stuff with the next expansion that's really different. We have a lot of plans for it. So right now, itemization, you know, feels a little stale and we'd like to do some other stuff. What we're really trying to do is get people to think about, you know, their gear. And um, I know that sounds weird because we've had we've had, you know, big blowups about restricting classes on certain items. And, you know, if, 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 if we really wanted to, to open up and have itemization be this huge thought provoking process, then why don't we let everyone use everything? Um, but, you know, unfortunately, a lot of that is dictated by clap balance. So, and there are some things that are very powerful for some classes and not so much for others. Mm-hmm. So, and, <clears throat> to be honest, class balance should probably never be done through itemization, but we're we're probably at the point where I mean for EQ2, as far as from my perspective, we're pretty close to the most balanced we've been in a very long time. It's hard with so many classes. <laughs> um which that's another thing. If we could go back and say, hey, if you could change anything, yeah, I, 12 classes, six classes. <laughs> so the, not the 24 plus one model. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a nightmare um, having that many classes in all aspects because you have to think about them in itemization and balance and all this. You know, I mean, I'm sure everyone knows what I'm talking about, but sure. um, we, balance, we balance, you know, certain classes against what we expect them to be able to get. Obviously people are going to get more reuse or more DPS or more, you know, whatever the stat they want, um, in any way they can. So, um, but yeah, we have, we have, we have some plans. We're trying to do some really cool stuff with itemization, um, in the expansion. And we did some really interesting stuff in cobalt scar that people will discover. We've talked about that some on the show about um, fewer classes and just kind of daydreaming a little bit about, uh, you know, maybe EQ next, thinking about um, what we would want things to be different. And one of the things that Del brought up was, you know, maybe fewer classes, because you think about a game like EQ2, and as time goes on, it just becomes so overwhelming, the amount of uh, gear and choices and um, it's just it gets so overwhelming, especially, you know, with each expansion, it just seems to get worse and worse. So um, that's that's just something that, that comes up every now and then. Agreed. Um, we're actually doing some stuff coming up soon, uh, probably this summer and with the expansion to take some of that overwhelming, some of the overwhelming aspects um, out of the way. I mean, we're not going to change anything just before anyone freaks out. Uh, we're not going to change anything as far as if you're a if you're a min maxer and you you know want to do everything yourself you can you will always be able to do that but we have some cool stuff planned to kind of take out some of the tedium for people so um, I can't really say much more about it mm-hmm. but I mean we think about that stuff and we're definitely thinking about that stuff now you know EQ two is you know going to be ten years old next year and. We have an incredible player base and, you know, I mean, we do have, we do have, um, you know, some serious uh, people out there that are very passionate about the game and, and, you know, they want to, 
we're not we're not out to change things in any sort of grain groundbreaking you know overwhelming way we're looking for basically we're on a we're on a current quest to find quality of life stuff for our players you know stuff to make things a little bit less tedious a little bit less frustrating um we're whenever we're going to make a change whenever we are going to make a change we're going to think about you know how is this going to impact people Mm. so um, we're in that we're in that real thought process now so well i have to say it's a little exciting to hear that you are thinking about bringing back more choice and more decision in uh, in the loot rewards, mm-hmm. uh, you know the way it is today. Something drops in a raid, and, and I, I do this, and I, I imagine a lot of players do this. They look at the primary stat, mm-hmm. right? For, so for me, as a as a healer, it's wisdom. I, I immediately look at the wisdom. If that number is greater than what I'm wearing, therefore this almost is a better item. Mm-hmm. I don't. You can almost make the assumption that all the blue stats and everything else is going to be, uh, you know, is going to be better as long as the the, the top numbers are higher. So there's no decision. You know, I look at that number and I immediately I know to roll if it's bigger, and I don't almost have to look at anything else. And I'm because nothing else really matters. It's all going up evenly at a, at a certain percentage. Right. So I'm excited to hear that choice comes back. Do I want to sacrifice, you know, int for wisdom because I need int for something? And I think it was for equipment back in the day when we <clears> had that sort of stuff. So you had to make those decisions along the way. Yeah, I mean the system where it's at now is is really hard to change. It's very very difficult. But what we're what we're thinking about doing is basically, I mean, so what I would like to do eventually um once we get things settled is move to melee caster gear so you always have a choice if you want to wear especially as a priest because you know we have priests out there that want to play like casters we have priests we have furies that want to wear mage gear and Mm -hmm. and you know so we're trying to to find a good way to separate those templates and those you know give give mages more choice and more you know more stuff on their gear um but it's it's a big it's a big undertaking mm-hmm. so i think all the mystics out there just bowed down to you <laughs> i know i know a few who uh who that would be good news for melee caster gear mystics who think they're really wizards well <laughs> or wannabe wizards yeah, wanna well, be. <laughs> well that's the thing is that the, at the high level you know like raiders i mean the, the everyone's meleeing right you got mm-hmm. battle pre battle priests and Mages that want to use big, giant two-handers and crush the crap out of things. And, you know, I mean, eventually, you know, we would like to get to where there's a lot of choices for your play style. Um, so as far as as far as itemization, and I know that it seems it seems a little cookie cutter at the moment, um, but it's very functional and it's very easy for us to balance. Um we did get to a point where stuff was way out of balance from the itemization side. So, <clears throat> and now we're trying to, you know, move in some more interesting stuff. We have a lot of plans. I mean, just so people know, we have a lot of plans. Um, yeah. we, we really want to do a lot of cool stuff and it's not just this year, it's next year. And mm-hmm. we have, we have like really cool stuff we want to do next year. So, and, you know, we, we kind of we don't want to do it all at once because it can be disruptive. And also, 
we want to have stuff to roll out to people to make keep things interesting you know i mean if we if we made these big colossal decisions and changed everything at once and said this is the way it is now then you know after three months it's just kind of like okay so i gotta keep things interesting well speaking of plans everybody knows how much i love the plane of war and farming what i like to refer to as the plane of trash (laughs) (laughs) Uh uh-huh how much longer is Plane of War going to be relevant? Plane of War was kind of an experiment. Um, what we did was we wanted to put in this zone that was for for the the hardcore, right? Mm-hmm. And we did try to do some stuff so it felt like old EQ planes, like trash dropping gear and stuff like that. But in the process, we put so much work into this zone that we tried to respect it um, every time we put in gear. Um, we took it into consideration and tried not to stomp on it so that it would actually remain relevant for a good long time. Um, and it has worked. Uh, it has, it's, it, we, we get what, what is called a zone usage report every day. And we can actually see how much zones are being used. And Plane of War is probably in the top three most popular zones in our game now. So it has really done what we hoped it would do. You know, it's always nice to have a a piece of content that we worked really hard on and put a lot of effort into and that it ends up being enjoyed by people for a good long while. But then it gets to the point where you don't want to go there anymore. And that was, that was why we killed Drunder with Chains of Eternity. We said, guess what? Drunder hard mode, well, the new starting gear is better than that now. And you will never have to go back there unless you want to go back for a mythical weapon or you know whatever people still go back there for. Um, <clears throat> amazingly, people still do play in those zones. So... But yeah, so it's nice to keep a piece of content relevant for a decent amount of time, um, but it also has a lifespan. Mm -hmm. And I feel that Plane of War has run its course. Uh, So probably with the expansion, we'll be making Plane of War redundant. I, I I think that there will still be reason to go back there. Um, and there's a few things in there that will stay respected, like mythical cloaks and uh, a couple other things. So, well, I think I, yeah. Del just did the happy dance. <laughs> I, I'm giving two thumbs up at the moment because every time I see so and so has placed a rally flag in Drunder, mm-hmm. there's, there's a dwarven cleric who dies a little bit every day. <laughs> <laughs> I like that zone, I still like it. So what about uh, the time, the newest times two, the Wormbones end times two? Uh, well, how popular is that? What's been the um, re- reception on that content? Uh, well, so I'm not sure how it happened, but there was some miscommunication on it coming out. It was never designed for group uh, style players. Um, it was meant to be for raiders who had some raid gear and uh, we hoped that some, you know, some people would be able to use pickup groups in there and go in there. 
Um, but they were real raids. Those those bosses are, you know, they're they're X twos, but they are actual raid bosses. They're not, you know, group zone bosses. Um, surprisingly, the zone has been relatively popular. Uh, the the normal version gets used every day. It's it's in the top ten uh, zones on the report, so people are using it. Um, the challenge one, not so much. It's pretty challenging. Um, I know that there's some, you know, carrots in there that people have been going after, but uh, we do see people in the challenge one every day. It's nowhere near the number that are in the, you know, the normal one. Um, it was it was kind of meant to be interim content. So, and that's another thing that um, we are moving towards is um, you can expect, you know, with an expansion that there will be content for everyone. And what I mean by that is. Raids will be majority for, you know, more casual raiders. Uh, you will have a lot more solo content, group content, stuff like that. Um, updates, we are moving more towards this is a progression zone and it's going to be more difficult than stuff you encountered previously. And uh, I would like to see progression stuff, you know, be progress. I mean, as far as interim between between um, expansions, that stuff be more stuff that people can chew on. Uh, it's going to be a little more challenging. So, um, especially Sirens Grotto, the Sirens Grotto raid, I think is going to surprise some people. So let me ask about since the addition of Mercs mercenaries, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, it seems everybody and their brother has a Merc, of course, mm-hmm. and there's many ways to get them. Uh-huh. Uh, to the point where solo content or, or solo play has really uh, morphed into molo. <laughs> molo? Molo play, yes. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't heard that one. Really? That, uh, that was actually the goal was that you could play with two players in the advanced stuff or you could use a merc. I mean, mm-hmm. mercs are cool. They're fun. I enjoy them. I use them. I play with them. Um, they might be a little powerful, but they still don't replace a player that has a brain, well, you know. as we've discovered. Yeah, well, let's be fair. The 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 Templar Merc certainly casts Sanctuary far more often than I do. <laughs> um, although I think I got a beat on the cures. Uh, but in terms of the Mercs, how have they changed the design process a little bit for you guys? That's a good question. I mean, we respect them. We wanna we wanna keep them cool. Uh, we definitely don't want to do stuff to make them irrelevant. Um, but at the same time. They were never meant to replace other players. We definitely, and I will say this with, um, we definitely made a mistake with the advanced solo stuff as far as the gear you could get in there. I think stuff was not as rare as it should have been. We didn't want to make advanced solo the new hot play style, and this is what everyone should do. Mm-hmm. Um we 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 really like group content, um, so we did make some mistakes with the advanced solo stuff as far as what kind of gear you could get in there. I will be the first to say it, and uh, so we're going forward. Um, advanced solo style stuff where you're encouraged to use a merc if you want to play by yourself or you want to play with another player. Um, well, those kind of things will have their own gear. Um, the stuff that's in the current COE advanced solos will be made redundant very soon. So 
we we think about you know we have to think about players using mercs but one of the mistakes that is very easy to make is that we don't think about players playing a zone with two players <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so so you have a you have an advanced solo zone which we made this mistake and and luckily we had time to go back and actually rework some stuff but you know we're we have a tendency to over deliver on stuff so sometimes we we don't we don't do a good job of controlling our scope and we do a little bit more than we can handle so um we had some advanced solo zones that were really cool and really fun to run with your merc but if you had two players yeah there was stuff that you were just completely you know you couldn't kill it (laughs) which is really really bad design right i mean it's the idea is we want you to take another player in there. It should be a benefit to take another player in there. And using the Merc should be not as cool. So going forward, that's something we're really going to concentrate on. Um, we're also working on ideas to make sure that we reward you for taking two players as opposed to a Merc. So, so can we expect in the update to see a little bit of a um, more of a focus or more reward or more encouragement i guess to play to more duo in advanced solo content or duo more in that uh, style of play i think that the the two advanced solo siren zones are definitely a benefit to duo instead of run with a merc um and we've we've put some pretty cool stuff in the in the group zones um we're going forward. We're definitely going to be making a effort to make sure that group zones are rewarding. Um, you know, we're an MMO, and we and people want to group together. They want to play together, and it's absurd for us to try to think that you know we can make advanced solo content <clears throat> and not make group content rewarding. So we're really we're really trying to make sure that we did some new stuff with Chains of Eternity. The whole advanced solo thing was a experiment um we really think it was cool we really like the fact that you could do the entire signature line and see everything you can go into the zones and you can see balon and you can see you know uh journal and you can do all this stuff and get the entire storyline so that's that's kind of the that's kind of the way we're moving. We want to keep it so that all play styles get to enjoy the storyline. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we don't, we don't want to compromise on group and, and big group play. Um, raids are definitely something that we're really changing the way we're doing them. So we're hoping that we're going to have some really cool stuff going forward. So, yeah, I think duoing is. I, I think there's there's so many people who duo. Um, at least in my little neck of the woods, I see a lot of couples play together mm-hmm. um, or friends play together. And um, I think duo content is really uh, something that's that's really good. So I think that's that's a good thing to hear. Yeah, and the other thing is, is we want to make a duo content for all play levels. So. Mm-hmm. This this update, uh, Scars of Awakened, there's going to be some surprises for people. Mm. So, I will say that there is stuff in the update that we have told no one about, and it's going to have to be discovered. So, and we're going to try to actually do more stuff like that. We 
picked some stuff that is going in that no one got to see and we played the crap out of it internally and tested the crap out of it um with a few other people and uh we're really excited to see (laughs) how this is gonna go over um so but uh yeah like i said we're trying to we're trying to we're trying to make some cool interesting duo content for all play styles so one thing you were just alluding to a few moments ago about uh, maybe over-rewarding through the advanced solo system. Mm-hmm. And I think what we've seen a lot of that lead to is uh, increased SLR, selling of loot rights. Mm-hmm. You know, people running advanced solos just at the shot of getting a fable that they necessarily don't need so that they can auction it off. Mm-hmm. Um, do you see that as a good thing or something that's not good for the health of a game in the, in the long term? Um, personally, I'm, I am not crazy about selling loot rights. I think that it discounts the accomplishments that other players have made. Um, but it's a very, very dangerous slope. You know, it's, 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 we have definitely considered changing it taking it out we had all that we've had you know we have plans for but i mean that's the thing is when you have an mmo that's eight nine years old and you have a lot of players that play you know your game for specific reasons that they play it you have to really be careful how you do things Mm -hmm. so if in a perfect world i could say you know i'm gonna basically eliminate selling loot rights i and people would be okay with it i would but it would have to have a really robust plan behind it. <clears throat> so yeah, it's unfortunately it's something that, you know, is pretty popular on some servers. It's weird because um on the server I play, I don't really see much of it. Um when I when I played on Antonia Bale, it was an all day, every day occurrence. So and I know that there's people out there that that run zones just to sell the loot. And it's unfortunate. Um, but to some degree it is what it is and you know it's been part of the gameplay system whether Mm -hmm. it was intended uh, or it was just something that evolved out of persistence and heirloom and you know all these other mechanics that have uh, come in over time and this is where it evolved into Uh, personally I'm not a big fan of it either I have never purchased anything Mm -hmm. I stand idly by while things are sold uh, and, and and I've been accused of, well, you're involved in the process, too, if you're taking the reward. Certainly when I get my split, mm-hmm. I don't immediately, you know, drag to desktop and destroy it. You know, right. I, I have principles, but I will admit they don't go that far. Right. Uh, so um, it's just interesting. You know, a lot of folks sometimes say, you know, they're not real keen on it, but it is so it is so ingrained in the system that we have today. Mm-hmm. It would be very difficult, like you say, you just couldn't tomorrow flip a switch and say, okay, everything is no trade, and that will that will end the process. Right. Because it would kill, um, to steal a line from Seinfeld, it'll kill independent George. There's a lot of other things that people depend upon and are mm-hmm. use that as part of their play style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely, you know, we're definitely conscious of it. And on a personal note i i don't i don't like it i i've played in guilds that don't sell loot rights and i i think that it's a big long process that's it, it disrupts the raid and it you know it's just kind of 
I would rather see stuff go to alts. And I mean, one of the guilds that I played in was really cool because we didn't sell loot rights. But what we did is um, if nobody nobody wanted it for their main or their alt for DKP, then we went into, you know, okay, so we're selling this item for 20 plat to someone in the guild, right? So we would sell the items, uh, you know, because some guy would be like, oh, well, I'm making a Shadow Knight and I want to, I wanna, you know, pimp him out. So I'm going to buy that breastplate for 20 plat. And then all that plat, um, and I know there's a lot of guilds that have done this, but all that plat went into a pool and then at the end of, you know, each month, we would split that plat on attendance, you know? So it was like, hey, you know, you had perfect attendance or you had, I think you had to have 80% attendance or 75% attendance to get a full split. And then as your attendance went down, you got less and less plat um, from that split. And and I I like that process. I thought it was cool. I thought it was a a lot less disruptive to the flow and the, you know, playing in raids and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not a fan of selling loot rights. Okay. Uh, um, if I could come up with a solution that wouldn't, you know, bum everyone out. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I think to implement something, you know, especially very heavy-handed would um, would turn a lot of players off. Because, definitely. you know, you, you, you almost, you'd be condoning it on Monday and then on Tuesday patch day it goes away and it would be a shock to the system. <clears throat> yeah, but, um, I mean... We so to to add to that, we are working to put in some really amazing rewards um, going forward. Um, you're going to see something. Well, eventually, um, when people get to it in in uh, Scars of the Awaken, that's probably going to blow people's minds. Um, and we we put in a lot of effort that you have to earn those things people aren't going to be able to sell loot rights to these things. So, um, you know, you'll, I think there'll always be stuff that you can sell loot rights to. Um, and, and obviously we have a lot of creative players and I use that term loosely, (laughs) um, that, that, you know, we'll always figure out some sort of way around something, but we're making it, you know, for the really big, we're doing we're doing some cool stuff uh, as far as in game in game rewards and uh, scars of awaken and with the expansion we're introducing a new item type which I'm not gonna give away, um, but uh, those things are gonna be I would say near impossible to sell loot rights on. So what I really want to do is I really want to create some stuff that's a big time prestige thing right like when you remember back in when you played eq and you would walk into a city and there'd be a guy standing there in full rubicite and you'd be like wow look at that guy in, in full rubicite he's so badass or you know oh, oh my god a shadow knight in full umbral armor he must really put a lot of time and effort into plane of fear and plane of you know hate so um, I would like to go back to some of those things. So we are concentrating on some more outside items, uh, outwardly appearance items that are going to be difficult to get. And um, they're going to be big time prestige items. So uh, I, I'll be honest. I'm very excited to hear that. 
Uh, certainly, I remember one of my first experiences in EQ was standing in Greater Feydark, and some giant barbarian came by with a polar bear helm on. Uh-huh. And I was just like, in awe, wow, that guy must be uber, right? He, yeah. Look at that helm. It looks amazing. Um, but and we kind of had that a little bit in EQ2, um, and it, uh, we seem to have evolved away from it. Uh, you, go, you go back to Prismatic 1.0 uh-huh. days, you know. Uh-huh. Um, people worked all expansion to get the weapon at the end. Uh-huh. And we sort of had that into DOF a little bit and into Echoes of Fade were as well. Uh, and I remember on, on our server, there would be a population of the high-end raiders who, when they earned that, mm-hmm. would stand around in Kinos Harbor all night yep. uh-huh. with their weapon displayed. Uh-huh. So that you, you could kind of like they were like they were on display showing off, look at what we got, and none of you peons uh-huh. have this. <laughs> um, and you'd, you'd kind of like have that same effect of like, like I did with the guy with the polar bear helm. Yeah. Holy uh-huh. cow, wow, this guy got that prismatic. That took a lot of questing. Uh, a lot of signature line, a lot of raid, and but wow, is that and it is an awesome item. Everybody wanted that item. I think we've gotten away a little bit from that. Uh, we don't have that OMG factor right uh, anymore. That's, that's what we're working on. We're bringing back the OMG factor. Awesome. Um, yeah, the the other difficult thing though is is you know not to make broad sweeping statements, but. A lot of raiders don't aren't necessarily crazy about questing, you know. They kind of they kind of want to come in and raid, you know. And also, a lot of raiders don't want to be forced into other play styles. Um, so we kind of were creative with this stuff, and we kind of came up with some some interesting ways that these items will be earned. Um, and I'm hoping uh, they're going to be big time prestige items. And uh, they're 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 stuff that you will see immediately on a player, you know, uh, facing outwardly facing items. So excellent. Um, but yeah, uh, so we're 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 trying to do more and more cool stuff like that. We have we definitely have big plans for the expansion this year. Um, we're also trying to move to where everything that's best in slot is not necessarily in the same play style, which I know. I know some of the raiders are going to be like, gasp, what? <laughs> um, as a raider, you will always have something that's comparable, but we are actually going to put some best in slot items into other play styles. So, yeah. Again, I'm excited by that too because, the you know, cats out of the bag. Yeah, as a raider. <laughs> As a raider, why would I today, and I'll speak very generally, as a raider, why would I run heroic content? Everything I have in terms of loot chase is rewarded through my raid play style. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in, a, nothing in a heroic zone or an advanced solo or anything like that that is going to trump what I have. Mm-hmm. We, another thing that we're, we're kind of trying to get into the mindset, mindset of is rewarding players for the amount of time they play and not necessarily that they do the most challenging content. So, um, you know, I mean, rewards have changed a lot. Um, We want Overland quests to be more rewarding. We kind of have to be careful how, you know, as far as stuff we're giving you because there is a progression. We don't want to give you raid gear for doing quests and then, you know, that kind of stuff. But you will see some you will see some um better and better end quest rewards. Like I don't know if you did the COE signature line, but the cloak was pretty cool. Yep. Um, yeah. Um 
moving forward, the the Cobalt Scar quest lines have a very cool end reward. Um, it's it's very good. And uh, going forward, we're going to do more stuff like that. I would love to put. <clears throat> basically, what I'm what I'm looking at is picking a few slots and saying, you know, if you want the best in slot of this item, it's not necessarily in raids anymore. So um, it's going to be in other styles of play. But, you know, I mean, to, raiders don't freak out. Obviously, you know, you will always have stuff that's comparable. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are going to put some best in slot items in other styles. So I think it's something that's really cool. I think it encourages people to play other styles, but at the same time, you're not forced to unless you're, you know, Joe Min Max that has to have the best in slot item in every single slot. Then, yeah, you might find yourself doing some some group, you know, zones or some solo quests or some trade skilling. Or That's another thing, too, is we're trying to move some more best in slot items into the trade skill area. So... Um, one last raid question, if we could, for now. Um, sure. You know, in many of the COE raid zones, there's a lot of trash mobs that you need to clear to get to the challenge mode encounters. Mm-hmm. For those capable of killing those challenge mode encounters, these trash rewards have little to no value and you know, may wind up as SLR items. Have you guys ever considered uh, creating some form of a, a, a speed pass mechanic, which would allow players to bypass little reward content for them. Kind of like what we had in, say, Emerald Halls where we we were able to eliminate trash Mm -hmm. uh, by defeating an encounter or something like that. Yeah, I mean, we've thought about it. We thought about putting something in like that for Plane of War, whereas uh, once you killed Ralos, you got an item, you know, and the next time you entered Plane of War, you could place this item into a into a uh, something or other and it would depop all the trash um and of course you're sacrificing loot Mm -hmm. for time Mm -hmm. but at the same time yeah i mean we did actually well i can't say we did we talked about doing something in sirens i'm not sure if we did or not i mean obviously i don't touch every file and and make every creature and every single item you know so um we talked about doing something like that for sirens grotto for the for the challenge mode raiders you know right. basic basically so that they don't have to go in and and kill a bunch of stuff that they don't want to kill and it's definitely going to be a focus in the future um with the big stuff that we have planned this year um I don't know. It's it's one of those things. We've worked we've worked to kind of reduce the amount of trash that are in zones and be more mindful about that stuff so it's not this big tedious thing. I remember, you know, back in TSO when we were clearing, you know, the big raid zone, clearing the trash was kind of tedious. Um, but I, at the same time, I I also like the idea of making it worthwhile to clear trash trash you know trash has its own loot tables and trash has its benefit for killing so um i don't know i i'm i'm leery to turn things into giant loot pinatas i mm-hmm. think that i think that we have some zones that are giant loot pinatas but um you know it's it has its place okay i would much rather make it 
make it worth your while to clear the minions that protect the the bosses you know what i mean um but at the same time i don't want to i don't want to create raid zones that are going to take you two days and and eight hours to clear so (laughs) you know there's that too um i know that a lot of people think that we don't play our game but it's actually completely untrue there's a lot of raiders on on the eq2 dev team um i have been a raider in this game since the beginning people are encouraged to play um pretty much everyone you know plays in some form of play style we play a lot um as a team we do play tests um stuff like that so it's cool because we have certain people on our team that fit certain you know play styles and we have people you know we have artists on our team that'll be like man this sucks (laughs) (laughs) you know and and it's and it's 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 good to get that feedback you know Mm -hmm. we don't we have we don't take things personal it's about it's about the experience we're moving that's actually part of what i'm really trying to impart um on this team is being more open to feedback and being more about a team and and more about um in all the time that i've been on this team i've always told people hey if you play something of mine and you think it sucks come tell me and and please be be blunt you know to me it's more important that you come in and say you know i ran through the zone and i got to this one thing and i hated it that's great okay well what did you hate about it let's look at it you know um because hopefully it's going to save it's going to save our players a frustrating you know situation so so speaking a little bit about um feedback Jumping ahead a little bit to uh, update 66, you guys went with a public beta, mm-hmm. non-NDA. How has that worked out for you? It depends on the content of the update. Sky Shrine was very good for us. Um, we got a lot of feedback and a lot of people playing. And I think that that was because we had new abilities and levels and stuff like that. So we had a lot more interest. Whereas with this update, did not work out so well. We ended up um, having a lot of stuff that people didn't go check out. Um, <clears throat> so uh, that's also in the plan that I would love to get some sort of awesome reward um, and put it at the end of say, you know, hey, this expansion, when we open beta, if you complete the entire quest line on beta, then there's like this crazy awesome reward that you'll be able to claim on your play server so you know we i feel like we can't expect people there's also so it's it's a difficult thing right because there's a lot of players that don't want a beta they want to play stuff you know it's brand new they want it to be brand new and exciting they don't want to go in and and wear the excitement off by dealing with you know a beta so and then we have players that are want to know everything and want to be involved and then we have um we have players that are just amazing that want to test everything and that's what they enjoy. So we have to find a way to better reward some of those people. And <clears throat> it's hard for us to be like, okay, we're going to keep a list and take down names. So what I really want to move towards is, 
is us getting something that's a reward that you get for finishing, you know, all the quest lines or doing all the heroic content on beta and then it unlocks a prize for you on your live server stuff like that because <clears throat> the more people that we get to play through this stuff the better obviously mm-hmm. um especially overland content uh we, we play test overland content a lot here because it's the first thing that people are going to see so you know <clears throat> we want that to be a, a, you know a good experience i think as far as um finding the big issues open betas are very important um, especially getting a good amount of people on the server and finding out, you know, that something's going to crash or something's going to blow up. What about raid content? That's been kind of um, <clears throat> more, more invitation only, right? Yeah. Is that decision more to keep people from seeing the content or is that more to focus your fixes and efforts on people who are dedicated to uh really working on that like how how what's the decision behind that with raids it's been the best way to explain it is we don't raids are more complicated they have a lot more working parts they have a lot more uh involved and to let everyone in the raid zones and just you know we can't we can't sit with every raid guild and watch them raid so, and the other thing is, so this is a, this is going to be a long answer. We, we don't have the ability to test raids at their top potential internally, um, especially challenging content. We can't put together 24 people, um, and test that stuff. So, and it's better also to get raiders in there, um, and get their feedback but at the same time, we need to be able to focus on it. So what we did is we built we built a beta tool. Um, so now we actually have the ability to change things on the fly as we're going through the raid. So because I don't know if you ever tested raids, but back in the day, you know, especially I'll pick Kunark, you were in there and, oh, this AOE is wiping us out. Well, so the test is over because we can't really go any further. So, you know, come back tomorrow after I've made the change and fixed it. Well, we're not doing that anymore. <laughs> we can t- we can tweak and test stuff on the fly. So um, it's very beneficial to us to choose a raid guild that we know is capable, that we know is in in the in the skill level that we're shooting for to tune stuff and bring them through an entire raid and change stuff as we're going, you know? <clears throat> but one of the big problems that we've had is we, we get guilds that don't want to give us, you know, their full effort mm-hmm. and, and uh, they want to come in and no matter what, most guilds, you know, they'll come in and they're not going to give it their full effort. They're not, not getting loot, right? They're not, you know, they're not getting all benefits on their play character. They're here to test this for you. So, for for us to put out, you know, hopefully the best raid content we can going forward, we really want guilds that are committed to coming in and giving feedback. And, you know, if you see a bug that might be to your advantage, that you won't keep it to yourself, that you'll tell us, you know, hey, this happened. And and <clears throat> so we're being we're being very selective about what raid guilds we test with. But for Sirens Grotto, I think we used six or seven guilds 
So, um, and they were fantastic. We had some people that were just amazing. You know, they were really excited. They were really positive. They gave lots of feedback. Um, you know, they were what we were looking for. So, and we don't want to get in the rut where we use the same guild every time for testing either. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then there's stuff that we want to keep, you know, a surprise. We, we don't want everything to just be there laid out. I mean, cause it's, then it's like, yeah, I baited, baited this and I've seen it already, that kind of mm -hmm. thing. So what we actually did, uh, with Sirens Grotto is we didn't let anyone test everything. So we did focus testing so that some guilds only got to test two mobs and, you know, another guild got to test a different two mobs. So every guild we used for testing did not see every boss. So because that keeps it, you know, also, yeah, you got to see some stuff, but you didn't see everything. So it's hard to test stuff without giving one guild out there a super advantage. Also, you know, <clears throat> we want to keep it. We want to keep the nature of the competitiveness of raiding at that top end too, you know. I mean, there's a lot of people that that's why they raid. They want the best in the world and they want people to acknowledge it. And I think that's cool. So we have to be careful. Uh, so, Kander, when we last heard from our brave adventurers, the Combine Army was battling with the, with the Awakened for control of Sky Shrine. Mm -hmm. Why now are our beloved band of six, or at least 24 maybe, now headed off to Cobalt Scar? <laughs> or for, if you're from Allie's perspective, assuming I didn't read the quest text, tell me why I'm going to Cobalt Scar. Uh, well, it's the continuation and, and getting close to the final chapter of Velius. So um, this is all stuff that was planned three years ago. When did Velius come out? <laughs> <laughs> you got me. It's been forever. Yeah. We're, we're really happy to be done with Velius. Um, and moving on to new stuff, Chains of Eternity was kind of a cool break for us to do something totally out of, you know, storyline of Velius. Um, and this is, the, I, I want to say it's the final chapter, but there's a little bit more. So we're coming close on the on the final chapter of Velius. And, uh, but you're going here, you're going here to help the combine army hopefully drive the final spike into the army of the awakened <clears throat> and uh there's a, unfortunately there's a lot of stuff that i can't give away we have a lot of stuff with this that's kind of top secret so but um fair enough but the good fight we're, we're still fighting the good fight yep and we're getting closer to the ages end prophecy <sighs> sure okay <laughs> The Ages in Prophecy is complicated. And the thing about the Ages in Prophecy is everyone involved, be it the Combine Army or Sky Shrine or Carafirm's Army of the Awakened or the Pantheon of Gods, they all have their different idea of what the prophecy entails. Um, there's a lot of characters involved. There's a lot of old school characters involved. Um, so... When we do finally complete the ages in prophecy, you know, it might not be what everyone thinks. So, well, as far as Dell's concerned, the age of the age in prophecy came true when he got giant kill count. <laughs> <laughs> the, the game was then complete. Oh, okay. <laughs> he, he was able to check a box, <laughs> Mr. Completionist. 
Well, we did put in um, some more. Uh, what did we put in? Uh, kill count stuff or Slayer stuff for Sirens. So pretty cool and exciting. So now, if you want to, if you want to work uh, towards another one there, Delmon. I, I absolutely will because I am done with them all again. I managed to fill out uh, fill out uh, Giant a uh, month or so ago, so I'm looking forward to killing something new. So with the, with the expansion, we're going to see some new. We're seeing a, a return of a of a very famous zone from EQ1, uh, Sirens Grotto, mm-hmm. and everything I've heard about it is it's full of water. So there's going to be a lot of underwater combat, and people are very <laughs> excited about that. Can you go into that a little bit? <laughs> Yeah, no, there will not be there will not be any underwater combat. No, um, you know it's sad because that's something I would really like to do. I would really like to um, dedicate some time to making uh, underwater p- gameplay awesome. Um, and uh, I mean, some people like it. Some people are okay with it, but it's just not what it could be. Um, in the spirit of something that, that we say a lot is we kind of need to tell a story that we can tell. So, <clears throat> yeah, um, there won't be any real underwater combat. <laughs> I, I, I guess I should say I'm not too upset. <laughs> uh, okay. but, but we're going to see Advanced Solo. We're going to see Heroic. We're going to see X4 mm-hmm. all through the, the Sirens Grotto theme. Yeah, there's... Um, Two advanced solos, two heroics. There's a challenge heroic, uh, and there's one raid, which is it's actually a pretty good size. Okay. Um, it's I think it's last count was nine or ten bosses. So, um, but there's also some progression in there. And uh, for our for our challenge raiders, there are three three challenge fights in there. But I think they're going to find that <clears throat> some of the easier stuff is also challenging. So, um, and then there's also one fight that's just for just for those raiders. So, in, in my opinion, I feel like we have done a lot of casual raid stuff, and and I think that <clears throat> we're always going to do casual raid stuff um, because we have a lot of casual raiders. Um, but we're going to go a little bit away from every guild being able to clear every zone and kill every boss. Um, so there's some, there's some bosses that just, and especially coming up in the future that just don't make sense that, you know, a casual raid would be able to defeat you. So we're kind of, we're kind of for all intents and purposes, we're trying to design this stuff so that if you're in a casual raid guild, it does feel like you completed the, the content but there's going to be some bonus stuff for the for the diehard raiders and the challenge raiders and the people that you know raiding is their thing. So uh, now we've heard too that uh, throughout sixty six, it's not a complete gear replacement. We're not going to be swapping out every slot with uh, rewards from <coughs> from the new content. Uh, can you go mm-hmm. into a little bit about that? So, so what you're saying is basically uh, Chains of Eternity content will still be relevant in terms of its rewards. Yeah, that's pretty much the answer, right? Okay. No. <laughs> I guess I... Um, so we just released the expansion. Um, Cobalt Scar isn't really that much further from, you know, it's pretty close to the expansion. We're trying to get live content out and keep people, um, you know, excited. But at the same time, I I did not want to make, you know, all the gear that you've been trying to get in the expansion irrelevant. So... 
we kind of went with just upgrading a limited number of slots. Um, it's something we're probably going to do in the future too. So um, I know that there's a lot of a lot of two schools of thoughts about this. There's a lot of players that they don't want to upgrade their items every time there's new content. They f- want to feel like they you know keep the stuff that they earned and that it stays relevant. This also goes back to you know plane of war keeping keeping items relevant and not just having a complete gear replacement every time we do content. So. It's kind of in that thread of thinking that so we went we went through each play style and we tried to look at stuff that you got early in Chains of Eternity and we're trying to replace that stuff. <clears throat> so there'll be some stuff that doesn't get replaced, absolutely. And are you staying away from that uh, rut we seem to get into a little bit back in Kunark, where the Kunark mythical was the end all be all for perhaps maybe much longer than it was intended to be. The the mythical thing is kind of a it's kind of an interesting topic. Um I think when we implemented that, we intended it for end game players. Mm-hmm. And uh something happened in the process that made it so that it became an item that everyone thought they should have the right to have. And then basically eliminated a slot <laughs> from our itemization for two years. Mm-hmm. Um, made it made it so that we couldn't really make anything to replace that. I don't think that that was a bad thing, but as far as um, I, I think we're going to try to avoid that kind of thing again. But there there will definitely be some uh, end game uh, reward stuff that you might not see a replacement for for a very long time. So um, <clears throat> we're trying to keep some slots, you know, relevant so that when you get an item, we're also discussing about, you know, not necessarily replacing stuff, but upgrading stuff. Okay. So, you know, so you went and you went through all the effort to get your mythical cloak, you know, maybe someday you might actually upgrade that cloak. <laughs> mm-hmm. Stuff like that. I mean, that's just an example, but I'm saying, you know. It's hard. It's hard. It's it's especially hard trying to balance all this around twenty four classes and twelve different play styles. And I keep saying twenty four classes. So there's mm-hmm. twenty twenty five classes. Um, we say twenty four <clears throat> plus one. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know, and that's another thing too is just adding beast lords changed the game. We had to really stay you know conscious of what we were doing. Um, we threw and we added beast lords to like, oh my god, like forty thousand items mm-hmm. this update. So, because as a beast lord, you'll be playing in zones and see stuff that you think you should use, and you're not on it. So, I'm hoping we rectified that. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't. We didn't really um, put out a big to do about it and say, hey. But uh, yeah, we tried to. We basically ran a script and went through every item that had you know, a brigand and assassin and a dirge on it and said, well, then you should have Beast Lord on it too. Mm-hmm. And so we put Beast Lord on a ton of stuff throughout all levels of the game. So hopefully there's a lot less stuff as a Beast Lord you'll get and you won't be able to use. I know we added Beast Lords also to swords and bows. Okay. And I think and I think that's going to be going forward so they'll be able to use mm-hmm. uh, pretty much any weapon type 
I guess then I need to go on my B-Sword. I have a commitment to have him maxed out by end of year. And he, uh-huh. I keep saying, oh, this is always tomorrow. There'll always be another double XP weekend I can take advantage of later. I think I need to get going on that. Yeah, there's one, there's one going on right now. Yep. So. Yes, as we speak, literally. <laughs> So one of the um, one of the other things coming with sixty six is um, some changes to classes and and you were speaking a little bit about class balance uh-huh. earlier. Um, can you talk a little bit about those changes and what motivated those changes to happen now? Yeah, so um, I don't know if you guys saw it, but Zelgod put up these these threads on the class you know sections looking for feedback, looking for stuff that people would really like to see changed about their classes. Um, the, the thing is, is everyone wants to be the alpha. Everyone wants their class to be the most powerful class or the best healing class or the best, you know, uh, whatever. <clears throat> and uh, this, this update is more about quality of life changes. We're trying to take some of the frustration out of some of the class abilities uh, try to make some of the class abilities that were not so useful more useful. So it was based on feedback from players. Uh, obviously, we look at stuff and, you know, if you say, you know, I want an AOE harm touch. <laughs> right. well, you, you talk about that alpha, you know, I want to be the alpha class. So not only do you want to be the best in whatever you can do, I also want to be the best at what other people can do too. Even though I, you know, as a Templar, I want to backstab, right? Because right. I see, I see assassin. Look how awesome that is! Or I, I yeah. see rangers shooting a bow. Well, I should have a bow too. Next yeah. thing, you know, rangers want to res. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So with all of that, um, you know, this this idea of taking out the frustrations. How yeah. do you kind of balance with so many classes? Twenty five classes. How do you balance keeping all those classes unique? And not also overwhelm the system or overwhelm the players with, say, too right. many buttons. Right. Well, so, I mean, if you look at the sheer amount of stuff for one class, I mean, you have X amount of spells and X amount of AA abilities and prestige abilities and all this, you know, all this stuff about every class. Um, one of the first things we tried to do, and this is, this is not a statement on anyone that's ever worked on this game, but we've had some stuff, you know, about certain abilities that have become redundant or not so intuitive or not so, or just plain dumb, you know. Um, and, and obviously they weren't at the time, but now they are because the game has changed so much. So that was the first thing we looked at was, you know, why is my res, you know, one meter? <laughs> you know? I, yes. Yeah, I'm excited for that one particularly. Why, why do I have to go stand on top of this guy to res him? And and so that went into the. I mean, I'm just being. I'm I'm just going to be honest. We it went into the dumb bucket, right? So we said, <laughs> we said, well, that's that's dumb. So let's change it. And then we we tried to look at stuff that was frustrating. We tried to look at stuff that people have been asking for for a very long time. And but we have to look at it as you know, and like like you said, Delmon, we we want to keep each class feeling like something unique, and that it has you know their their own unique abilities and their own flavor. <clears throat> so you have to take that into consideration. But yeah, it's 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 hard. No matter no matter what we do, and we 
you know, it'd be awesome if we could sit and give you every and for every decision that we make. Um, but we can't. Um, so, I mean, you know, I've seen, I've seen a lot of good feedback on some of the changes and then, you know, I've seen a lot of feedback from classes that, Hey, this isn't good enough, you know, and we have to look at that. We have to look at the whole picture. We have to look at the role that we tried to set for that class. Uh, let me ask you're, you're in the, you're always in the danger of, you know, we go in and we're heavy handed and next year raids consist of four classes, <laughs> you know? Um, so there's that too. It's, it's, I'm not trying to make excuses. I just can't really go into the, the complexity and the amount of stuff that we have to think about. Um, it, it's, I know that people get frustrated and they, you know, lash out and they, that we don't think about these things, but we really do. And it's not just in a vacuum. It's not one, one person thinking about it. We have meetings, um, you know, we talk about this stuff. So uh, let me ask you though, you know, one of the things that Allie was alluding to is this, this too many button syndrome mm -hmm. and, you know, classes have a lot of uh, their own personal abilities. Then we have uh, active, uh, AAs that we've earned and, and mm -hmm. active prestiges. And now we also have clicky items for, you know, mana stones and all these other things. Mm -hmm. um, do you feel that the game is evolving to, to having a point of too many buttons? Well, I mean, that goes back to our earlier discussion about, about stat consolidation, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, this is EQ2 and there's a lot of people that play EQ2 that this is their game and this is the reason they play it. Um, and I, I personally like to think that we try to make decisions about our current player base, you know. Um, we're, not, we're not like, what can we do to get new players? Um, so it, I, think that, I think that there's a lot of aspects about EQ2 that people love and that's the reason that they play, that play the game. Um, we are trying to go forward with when we do give you some new abilities, we try to replace abilities. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, if you're, if you're a brigand and you had, you know, you had, um, one ability that you used all the time and you get a new ability through prestige, then it actually replaces that ability instead of giving you more buttons to push. Sure. Um, I think, I think that we're definitely at the point where we should be thinking about it and we are okay um, um you know i mean i've seen people set up and i've i like i use six hot bars i i've seen people with more <laughs> <laughs> and and i kind of look at it and go oh, uh, but at the same time i mean i've been playing this game very long i know what's on my hot bars you know i'm very familiar with my with my combat art progression and setup and you know, I mean, that's part of what I what I really enjoy about this game is I'm I I know how to I really know how to play my class. And I have a lot of, you know, I have a lot of pride in that. And I think that a lot of our players do. Um, but at the same time, we're, we're probably to the point where we shouldn't be adding too much too many more buttons. Mm -hmm. um, it would be cool to do more prestige stuff that makes your abilities cooler and it replaces them, you know, so now you. Now you grab your ability and throw it on your hot bar, and it's it's a different ability, you know, instead of having two buttons. So, sure, I think on one hand, the the one end of the spectrum where you have the the 
dungeon maker avatars and their mm-hmm. their four buttons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I look at myself. I, I'm in the same boat as you with six hot bars, and I'm eating whether or not I need eight. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, good lord, well, there's so many things here to click. And uh, I, I think we are kind of personally myself getting to a point where there's a, a little bit of a tipping point. We are starting mm-hmm. to get to too many clickies, too many mm-hmm. active things that we have to manage. Um, right. And, it, you know, but I think that's one nice thing about EQ2. It's not the four button solution. You know, mm-hmm. it's not A, B, C, and D, up, down, left, right on my PS3 or something like that. You right. know, so uh, figuring out where that medium is, being, having a lot of diversity, a lot of things to do, but not overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I personally went through and said, okay, what's the stuff that I never cast, right? So I got that stuff. I got that stuff off my hotbars because, I mean, like buffs don't come off as, you know, in most situations now. And and so you you cast your buffs. Um, I know like with, with Beast Lords, sometimes you want to flip-flop between, you know, your two stances and, and some, some tank classes want to flip-flop between stances. And, you know, so, I mean... But I personally, you know, I did an audit on my hot bars and said, <laughs> and said, okay, you know, what what do I absolutely need? And then those are all in, and you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, zero, and alt, and you know, tab, and and what what do I not need? You know, and oh, I never cast the spell, and I mean. I pulled off, you know, evac and all this stuff off my hotbar. You know, <laughs> uh... Well, you know, I, I need to do that. And I've done it a little bit in, in my header planning stage. But I'll tell you, uh, track shiny buttons mm-hmm. not being removed. Oh, yeah. I'm moving that right into one, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> right before healing and auto attack. <laughs> track shinies is the button you push when you, the minute you zone in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, so I, I mean, I like the idea of, for instance, um, with brigands, we we gave you a prestige ability that replaced shenanigans with strong arm. You know, it's kind of the same spell, but it's way better. It's way powerful. It's way cooler. Um, so you know, I would like to see us do more of that kind of stuff to kind of keep the the button madness down. Okay. Uh, speaking a little bit about the the madness, war runes. Uh, mm-hmm. During beta, we, it seemed that the, we were going to see some changes that they were coming to be less class restrictive <laughs> and we were going to see them on a merchant. Uh, just the other day now, it seems that that's changing a little bit and maybe those features are not going to be added with uh, Scars of the Awakening. Can you talk a little bit about what's happening with War Rooms now? Um, sure. I actually made a post yesterday about it. Um, huh. we, were never, we were never intending to put War Rooms on a merchant in any sort of number. What we were trying to do, and I'm not going to say it was necessarily um, the best, is we were trying to fix the issue with I'm a priest and an item drops that's priest mage, but it has a mage only war rune on it. Mm-hmm. So now I don't see my class on there. Well, we were trying we were trying to fix that. So we went through and we evaluated some stuff and we thought about. There's a number of war runes that are just too powerful to let everyone use. Obviously, we're not going to have tanks out there running around with stone skins again and, you know, other stuff like that. So <clears throat> there was a few there was a few that we were like we can't change these at all, so maybe we should we should consider sticking them on a merchant because we were trying to alleviate the the problem with an item dropping and you not being able to tell that you can use it 
because the war room restricted that. Sure. Um, and so what happened was, is I sat down with the coders and I said, we have to fix this. And so we came up with code now that was, uh, the classes on the item. Uh, what it does is it, so if I get a priest mage item and it has a priest only war rune on it, um, it will show priest and then it will say some classes have been removed from this item due to, uh, augmentation. Right. And then below below in gray, it will show the classes that can also use the item uh, if you were to remove the war rune. Mm -hmm. So so that way. um, And then also we wanted it to be. I'm a guardian and I'm in a raid and uh, my alt is a defiler, you know, and uh, I'm picking up stuff for my alt or I'm even in a group zone and, and an item drops. And, you know, it's a priest mage item, but I can't tell that my alt can use it because it's got a mage only, uh, you know, uh, adornment on it. So you look at that and you go, oh, okay. Um, you know, now I can see, oh, my default can use that. So it's basically saying who can use it immediately by its augmentation and then who can use it if you were to augment that item or switch out the adornment. So are you guys still <clears throat> committed to keeping war runes on items when they drop yeah and i'll tell you why okay um war runes are going to get better they're going to get more powerful in the future and they're basically an item progression i know that there's been some people that really don't like it um but the thing is is we're 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 trying to get away from the convenience store shopping of earning my, you know, earning my stuff. And uh, I know a lot of people liked the way DOV was, which is you got the war rune and then you could buy the war rune as much as you wanted um, and for all your alts and stuff like that. But <clears throat> we're going to be moving more to war runes are a prestige thing and there's going to be some some powerful war runes. And this is just something we're committed to to doing, you know. Uh, we're going to put more and more, you know, stuff in so that you can pop war runes off and, and switch them around. But it's also going back to part of the decision-making process, you know. If, if an item drops that has a war rune on it that is like, holy crap, look at that thing. It's awesome. You know, there might be some people that want that item for the war rune, so... And that and that's the struggle we see, you know, that Ellie and I see during our reads is at times an item will drop with a really kick-ass war rune mm-hmm. and an item that's good or kick it could be kick-ass too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Fred wants the item and Barney wants the war rune mm-hmm. and uh, you can't cut the baby down the middle. <laughs> well, well, you can, right? Um, there are there is the there is the augment remover that doesn't just. Item, so oh, yeah. um, they're they're a little on the expensive side because a we little were, on the expensive side. Can't. We, How many times have you been running PR recently? Okay, let's. <laughs> speaking of PR, mm-hmm. speaking of PR, one of the other big changes coming with this update that I think a lot of people are crying about, um, mm-hmm. but I think we all know what eventually was going to change and probably needed to change was uh, the coin drop changes mm-hmm. that are happening. Um, first, can you, can you talk about how that's changing? And then second, can you give us um, an idea of, you know, why this change is happening so people can maybe stop crying so much? People like me. 
Yeah, I mean, I I posted on it, and I basically posted why we were changing it. Um, the majority of the thing is 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 it's like having people go back to old zones that they've done a, a thousand times to to make their money kills my soul. You know, I would I would you know and. Eh, and I've had these conversations at Fanfare, man, your game is boring, you know, and it's like, okay, well, what's boring about it? Well, I got to run PR, like, you know, and I've seen that zone so many times, or I got to run Shard of Hate, and and to be honest, that's dumb. You should be able to get, you should be able to get the coin you need to to play the game in the current content. Um, and the other thing is, is I've, I have wanted to do individual coin purses for a very long time. Um, I feel that it's also a road for the future to give people more coin. So um, we've upped we've upped quest reward coin. We've upped um, we've put coin in the advanced solos. Um, the groups the group zones actually give quite a bit of coin now, and raid zones are going to give a lot of coin. In fact, probably more coin than uh, PR or Shard of Hate ever did. It's one of those things too, where there's something there's you know there's something wrong with you having to go back and run old zones over and over and over to get the money that you want to play the game. So we we wanted to discourage that, and also it's something that just needed to be changed. It, it's it's funny to think at times too, looking back, you know when. EQ2 first launched, mobs didn't drop any coin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you killed a, a Noel, and he didn't have any anything on him other than mm-hmm. Noel parts. Uh, right. it, you know, and now today we, you know, what, what became what PR and Shard of Hate and and those types of zones uh, evolved into was that people were running them over and over again. And then, you know, it's it's all part of the cyclic machine a little bit too. The folks running that zone have more plat to spend on SLR, you know, mm-hmm. so uh, it's all part of this gigantic process. So um, yeah. I, I'm I excited say, to see it balance out. I will say it had nothing to do with that. I mean, oh, okay. honestly, as far as selling lead rights, it had nothing to do with that. It had nothing to do with Chronos. It had nothing to do with, with any of that. I was not trying to take plat out of the game. In fact, I think you're going to find going forward that there's a lot more plat. Um, I, I wasn't trying to fix the economy. I wasn't trying to break the economy. I want people to be able to play new, fresh content that is hopefully more exciting mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and get and get the money that they need to do to do what they want to do. So, I mean. The current raids, the Chains of Eternity raids and Siren's Grotto, and they drop a lot more coin. In fact, it's a lot more. So um, I tried to, you know, I, I know raiding is expensive. I know there's a lot of expendables. There's a lot of stuff you have to buy. Um, you know, I mean, it could cost you, you could spend 20 plat in potions or, you know, whatever in one raid. So, um we we need to be dropping more coin in the current raids. So, I've been told grouping with me is expensive by players as well. I don't know what they mean by that, but uh, no, I agree. I think it what it does is I think it will eventually it might have the effect of giving a, a little bit more of an even playing field mm-hmm. because if everybody's playing the new content and, and doing that sort of stuff, everybody's going to have approximately you know you should have the same amount, mm-hmm. the same starting base. 
you have players with uh, more time and uh, either more skill or in in you know as as PR and and Shard of Hate evolved, some classes or combos were a little bit better at it and could mm-hmm. get got to it sooner than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I think this will be a nice thing because it's level the the plat base for players because we should all be in the same area playing the new content, enjoying that, and and getting our rewards from there as opposed to this artificial paper route that we have to do every day or, or people were doing uh, right not that they have to do it uh, to be honest well, i i never really ran pr for any of that right um i mean i'm i'm not going to give specific numbers but i mean i saw people say things like well you know your change failed mr dev because i can run pr and i still get 12 plat so it's still the premier thing to run you know and i'm like well, yeah, sure, but it's every three days. You can run a solo zone every 90 minutes. And in fact, if you run all of the advanced solos, you know, you can run, you can rotate and run five advanced solos in 70 minutes. And you're going to make a lot more plat running the advanced solos than running PR once, you know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> every, every three days. So honestly, if you put the effort in, and I, I, I'm not saying go out and play. There, there was nothing here to force people to play 12 hours a week if that's not what they want to do. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I mean, the plat is there if you want it. And and I, we, we actually put quite a bit of plat into the heroic zone. So, you know, hopefully that's going to be another reason to want to run heroic content. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, to me, I'd, for me myself, I'd rather run the newer content because uh, I can get shinies, uh, which sell very well on the broker as well, or I can use them for myself. Uh, you have you have an opportunity to get a if you do get an exquisite and it's item you don't need I'd rather I'd rather loot it and mute it and for hope for a uh, a mana which mm-hmm. I can then use for my main again I, to me I guess running that oh that treadmill of of trying to farm all that plat was never for me right maybe I didn't have a lot of consumables that I needed to to purchase and also being the cheapskate that I am I don't pay uh, yeah. that I can get that I can pick up on the ground for free mm-hmm. so. yeah. I think that I think the plat change is a good thing. Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of people agree. A lot of people agree. So um, one thing you had sort of hinted at earlier, talked a little bit about, was the difference between. I kind of wanted to ask you about this: the difference between a, a game update and an expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to me and us actually these days, game updates tend to be chunky. A lot of yeah. a lot of stuff in them. Um, where we sometimes confuse whether something came in a game update or in an expansion, and we've actually started calling the big chunky updates Goosepansion. Um, uh, so from um, a developer point of view, mm-hmm. what is the difference between a game update and an expansion for you guys, other than um, $40? Well, I mean, there's several things. An expansion also tends a new storyline and a new part of the world. Um, we tend to do more features with an expansion. Um, game updates are a lot of times added on to expansions that were already purchased. So, um, you know, you'll have, you'll have to, you'll have to have Velius to play in certain game updates. Um, you know, obviously you had to buy that expansion. So, um, but I mean, for us, we're. <laughs> I mean, Sky Shrine for me was an expansion. Uh, it was a lot of work. I, I 
we put in a lot of zones and a lot of content and a lot of, you know, so we are trying to make the updates um, a little chunkier so that they're cool. It goes back to one of those discussions we had about us having a problem with scope. And mm-hmm. so, so, so sometimes we do over deliver on game updates, but you know, it's because it's because we love what we're doing. We really want to give people as much as we can. Um, and it's, it is appreciated by the majority of our players, you know, so they appreciate, they appreciate us going through the effort to put in all this extra stuff, you know, add on to Velius or add on to, uh, chains of eternity which you probably can expect in the future so expansions generally i mean to give you like the easy answer with not a lot of detail is expansions are generally new storylines that start new new areas and new parts of the world and new storylines so Mm -hmm. whereas whereas game updates we tend to add on to the stuff that you've already purchased so that you know that it makes that thing more robust and more rewarding i i've enjoyed the new the new kind of content delivery cycle that you guys are getting in because in in old historic days you know you had your annual expansion and you played that for 12 Mm -hmm. months Uh we've seemed to have gotten away from that which i think is good because by the time you reach month 11 you're like oh more of this Mm -hmm. you know it's more of the same old now there's there's more along the ways and and i like too that it's as you say Skies of the Awakening will not cut off Ch- Chains of Eternity. Right. Chains of Eternity is still valid play. There's right. still rewards to chase in there. Uh, mm-hmm. But this will just be more to do. Right. And I, right. I, I don't think anybody can complain about having more to do. Well, I mean, sure. We hope you, you love the game and you play it because you love the game. I, I think if, you know... If you don't love the game, <laughs> you know, you might want to reevaluate. But I mean, um, I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I like the fact that GUs are exciting and have a lot of a lot of stuff in them. Um, it's a lot of work. Um, but this team has has been down to a very passionate team that loves this game. Um, and we're probably this is probably the best the team has ever been. Um, and there's a lot more conversations going on. <clears throat> I'm trying, we're really trying to move us away from making decisions in a vacuum. And, you know, when we do make a decision that seems heavy handed, then hopefully it's for the health of the game. Um, but we're also, we, we weigh into that, you know, we weigh into making decisions and sometimes things don't happen because, you know, it's not right. So that's like um, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff that we're we're starting to hold back on. We're saying we're going to put something in, but it's just not right. So we're really getting to the point where we want to put stuff in when it's right. Excellent. So let me ask you one one kind of last game update sixty six question. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming Tuesday, mm-hmm. what are you most excited for? What are you going to rush out to do right away on Tuesdays? Every time we do an update, as far as as from a player standpoint, I always do the Overland uh, or the quest content. I enjoy it. The quests in this update are more of a storyline and and tell a lot bigger story, and they're very involved. And there's a lot of really cool stuff. the The quest people worked really hard on this one um, to try to just not have kill ten rat quests, and I feel that we accomplished that. Um, I also 
enjoy running the advanced solo stuff, uh, you know, with other people. And then I'm really looking forward to the raid. I think the raid, I am hoping I am, I have a lot of confidence that this is, this is going to be one of the best raids we've done. But at the same time, like I said, it's, it's not for casuals. So there is going to be, it's going to be challenging. So I'm looking forward to that. So needless to say, we'll see a lot of Menderbots. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that's one of the things that we really tried to do um, with raids is, and this goes back to, obviously I've said it 11 billion times, but making decisions in a vacuum. And one of the things that I felt that we were doing wrong with raids was we maybe had two people work on them. And, and when I say two people, I mean we tend to have somebody that comes in and designs the, the storyline and does the layout and decides what bosses are going to be in there and why. And then it gets thrown over a wall and then the raid implementer implements it. So what we did with this was is we now have a team and we do peer review on it. So we sit down, we, we design boss fights together, we go through them, uh, we make absolutely sure that Zelgod is involved. Um, he's actually a huge part of this process now where we look at stuff and we say, okay, we don't, you know, I mean, it's stuff like we don't want you to AOE avoid this. Well, you know what? People have this ability, so why don't we design stuff with the mind that they are going to AOE, you know, avoid this, or they are going to target lock, or they are going to do certain things that you've seen us, you know, be more draconian about in the past. We're really trying to focus on letting people use their abilities. We're really trying to focus on stuff being fun. I mean, I know that sounds crazy, <laughs> but, but we really, we really want, you know, the stuff to be fun and we want it to be challenging. Challenging is part of it. So obviously, you know, in the future, we're still going to have more casual stuff for casual raiders or, you know, some players call it right click loot, <laughs> but we, we want to keep the challenge, the challenge involved and at the same time, we don't want it to be frustrating. Um, we want it to be fun. So we've really made a concerted effort to make sure that raid content is fun. I mean, we do, this, we do the same thing with group stuff. Um, but now we're actually, like with group stuff and advanced solo stuff, we're playing through it as a team. And we're, I mean, we've all, so to clarify, we have always played through stuff. But now we're trying to do a lot more peer review. Um, this is something that that has part out of necessity, part out of, you know, the need for us to do it um, to make better content. We need to do more peer review. So we're getting we're not just throwing stuff over the wall. We're trying to get everyone to look at it and everyone give feedback. And then we're bringing in, you know, the class guy to say, hey, you know, take a look at this and see if there's anything that's going to be frustrating to players. So. At the same time, stuff that's challenging can be frustrating to players, and we have to kind of stand on our laurels with that. There is going to be some stuff that's challenging that we're not going to give in on. Right, right, because I think without that challenge, you wind up, like you said, with that right-click loot. I would say most people, well, sometimes that can be, uh, and I'll be put it in air quotes, fun. There is, there's no fun behind it. Right. Uh, one last question, and this is a question we ask all our guests because it is the most important question. 
Uh, bacon or ham, Kander? <laughs> um, I'll have to go with bacon. All right. Very good. That, that, Allie, I think that is the trend. Is it not bacon is the... Uh... It, it tends to be. tends to be the overwhelming majority choose bacon. Excellent. Ha- I wonder why ha- that might be. Ham is cool on Christmas. <laughs> that is true. You Love know. a good spiral cut ham. Yeah. So, Kanda, definitely want to say thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedule to join us here and talk a little bit about Game Update 66, Scars of the Awakening. Scars of the Awakened, not Awakening, but of mm. the Awakened. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, and looking forward to playing it uh, on Tuesday when it launches. Yeah, me too. All right, so then let's say thank you to everybody who took the time to download the podcast. We certainly hope you enjoyed it. We also want to say a big thank you to this week's corporate sponsor, uh, Rust Ease Medicated Bumper Ointment. Allie, nothing is going to soothe your rusty bumper like Rust Ease. If you'd like to reach us, you can send us an email. I'm Allie at EQ2Talk.com. And I'm Delmon at EQ2Talk.com. Reach us in game. I'm at eq2.unrest.alicious, A-L-I-S-C-I-O-U-S. And I'm eq2.unrest.delmon, D-E-L-L-M-O-N. You can join our in-game chat channel, which is eq2.unrest.eq2talk. You can also check us out there over on the Facebook, where we are facebook.com slash eq2talk. Or follow us on Twitter at eq2talk. Hope you'll all join us again for episode number 64 and say, life is a highway, Allie. Life is a highway, Allie. Well, if you ever plan to motor west, Jack, take my way, it's the highway, that's the best. You couldn't remember what episode we were on? I couldn't. I had to flip the shit. I had to turn my page back. I couldn't remember. Oh, boy. Don't forget to mute him. And if, Kyle, you could just say something for us. Something for you. Well, I'm sure... Well, once again, I don't have time for your... Let me try that again. <laughs> this is what it's like. This is actually good for us. Usually right. we're at like 10 minutes by now. <laughs>